welcome to the Tales of Teaching podcast, a place where I hope you can find inspiration, creativity, and most importantly, someone to relate to. Teaching can be tough, as I'm sure you know, so I'm hoping this can be a space where we can motivate one another to take teaching to a whole new level. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Tales of Teaching podcast. Um, I just wanted to kind of jump in here and say I apologize for taking such a long break, but oh my goodness, it was so needed. We I had parent conferences. I had all these things that I had signed up for, um, you know, because our school does adjunct duties, and so you have to sign up for certain committees, and so I had talent show and all these kind of crazy things going on, um, room transformations that I was doing with my classroom, so it was just kind of a busy time and at the trimester as I'm sure many of you guys know um all the testing and assessments and kind of all that crazy what nows um so thank you for being patient with me and kind of taking taking a little break um but you guys are listening to episode 16 of the tales and teaching podcast and I kind of took this one as a request which I want to kind of do every now and then. I mean, obviously, I'm going to kind of share the things that I'm passionate about or things that I want to talk about, but every now and then want to reach out, kind of ask you guys, hey, what would you guys like to hear about? And this one, I'm going to be talking about the interview process and kind of my story of how I got at my job because it's quite literally probably one of the funniest stories. Um, I might have told it already. I really can't remember. Um, But I want to kind of walk you guys through the you know, how to interview, what to expect, and kind of how you can prepare yourself. Um, And so, here we go. I'm going to try to avoid, let's jump right in and let's dive right in because I feel like I say that every episode. So, let's get started. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a just a little bit of a preference. I felt like, well, I feel like I'm a very different person now than I was maybe like five years from now. i wouldn't say that I was very confident. Um, you know, I feel like no one really is at that age when you're at fresh out of college and you're not quite sure where you're going to go or what you want. Um, so I'm just gonna go ahead and say I probably stunk at the interviewing process. I would get super nervous and I'm the type of person when I'm nervous, like it really controls me. I get the shakes. I can't think. Um, and I just, I kind of struggle thinking on my feet when I'm nervous. And so it took a lot of practice in order, I guess, to, I feel confident about interviewing. So let's go ahead and fast forward. Finished my last semester of school, um, which was actually my master's. I went and got my credential and then went back. Well, the master's was kind of part of the credential program at the school that I was going at just because I wanted to be just done with school and not have to go back. And as many of you guys know, it's, uh, and maybe you don't know for those of you that are teachers or freshly in school or about to graduate, I highly suggest doing that because not only will you see higher income, um, but then it's just done, okay? And most programs nowadays, I've noticed, do have it kind of tied in, but I can't even tell you how many teachers I talk to regret it because like, I could have been making, and not that it's about money, you guys, but, you know, hey, we all got to live. We got mortgages to pay for, homes to, you know, food and stuff to pay for. So if you can be making a little extra money a month just by, you know, going to school an extra semester, you guys need to be doing that. Um, so sorry for the tangent. So I just got to finish school. Um, 
and they kind of finish school in the summertime, so it's like kind of perfect to get a job. And for those of you that maybe are not teachers, which hey, if you're listening to this and you're not a teacher, thank you in general. Um, you're the one kind of struggle bus about you know the teaching job is that there really is only a small window to find a job. Otherwise, you're kind of screwed. Um, that summertime when they're hiring and then once the school year starts, it's really far and few between. Like you have to be really lucky if you find yourself, you know, a job or a long-term sub position um, in that window. Otherwise, you know, you, you're just kind of sitting there probably subbing or finding another job until, you know, that window pop ups, pops open again. And so there's a lot of pressure I feel like put on you to find that job. Um, now, when I was looking for my job, I'm not going to lie. So like many of you guys know, I live in Huntington Beach, kind of Newport area. And so obviously, of course, I wanted to find a job out there. And I that's where I did my student teaching is in Newport. And so I thought, oh, no worries. I'm just going to kind of line up into, you know, whatever school I'm doing my student teaching at. I'll just get a job there. That was kind of always the vision I had in my head, like get a get my student teaching done and make friends with the principal and all the staff and just kind of mosey my way in there. Well, just, I mean, for some people that might happen that way, but for just letting you know, it really does not happen that way. So if you have that vision in your head, I'm sorry to tell you, it's probably unlikely for that to happen. I mean, it is good to get your foot in the door. And, you know, if I were, if I do go to give my resume to Newport Mesa or um, Huntington, they will still see, hey, you know, you did your student teaching here. So you definitely are, you put in the time into Newport because I know schools can get kind of weird and they like to try and look to see kind of where your dedication has been. And so kind of putting your foot in the door is a lot harder than what I had ever expected. Um, I probably did, and this is not fabrication, maybe seven interviews that summer. It, guys, it might have been 10. I just really lost count. Um, at Through all the schools in Newport, and Newport's kind of funky. You just have to apply to the district, and then they'll call you if you're interested for the different school sites. So I applied literally everywhere in like maybe a 40-mile radius. <laughs> I applied to Irvine, Newport, Huntington, um, uh, Brea, Yorba Linda, Orange County, um, and then, of course, you know, was trying, starting to kind of see that a lot of schools weren't getting back to me, or when I was doing my interview, I wasn't really making it to the second round, and then it kind of occurred to me, because I was just kind of sitting outside one of the interview things one day, and I kind of looked over, and I was, like, the youngest teacher there. A lot of teachers were transferring from, like, Dana Point area or St. Clemente, and kind of transferring into Newport, and I was kind of sitting waiting for my interview, and a lady was saying, like, yeah, this is the district where a lot of people transfer into um and so it kind of like occurred to me like wow it's probably not going to happen that they're going to hire a first year teacher because you know why choose someone who has zero experience and that was kind of the thing I kept getting over and over again like oh we were just looking for someone with more experience which is great but when you're looking for a job you are keep thinking okay well how am I going to get that experience if no one's going to kind of give me the chance to do that um and so I really struggled with this it was really hard on my um I was, I'm, now, I, I gave you that permit at the beginning. I was, had not a very good self-confidence, and so it kind of was really hard on me, and I would come home and just, like, cry, and I'm, guys, I'm not the type of person that likes to just kind of sit and mope, um, but I sat there and would cry and, like, you know, would have my pity party, like, why doesn't anyone want to hire me? Um, and so, luckily, now, if you do have some type of weigh-in with this, I highly suggest you kind of 
figure out how to get this done, but my father-in-law, he um, is a superintendent for our school district, and he said, hey, you know what? I'm going to have you do a practice interview with a couple of my 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 old colleagues, okay? So basically what I did is I went and I sat down and I did a practice interview with them. And they just kind of would ask you questions like, um, now a lot of times I've kind of noticed questions seem to be more scenario-based. Um, usually they like to ask you a question of, you know, if you had this autistic and then they give you a, a hypothetical. Say you had this autistic student that can't sit still um, and they, they're continually distracting the fellow students. What would you do to, you know, modify or what would you do to kind of set them up for success? And so you kind of would give your answer. I've always had questions kind of that asked um, about some type of EL support. So if you had a class of ELs, what are some strategies that we, you would use? Um, I've had questions based off of classroom management. So just to kind of a general, hey, what's your type of classroom management style? And so I highly suggest that you have some type of look in the back of your mind. Now, whenever I do my interviews, I always said something along the lines of, now, this is, I say, this is really difficult to say because I feel like classroom management kind of changes based off what the needs of the class are, but here is my, here's my go-to, here's my base, and I kind of build off of that. And I know big buzzwords that districts like are positive, man uh, positive classroom management, so they like to see that you're working on the positive, like, oh, I really like how Johnny's sitting, I really like how Alicia is listening and so it's just kind of focusing on the kids that are doing the good because then the kids around will kind of look around and be like oh and kind of copy that rather than be like Johnny why are you talking um Xavier stop talking you know kind of when you're focused on the negative behavior you're just fixing those one rather than kind of focusing on the positive and so I kind of really talked about how I wanted to do that um <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and just say it the biggest thing that I think was different from my first job interview and when I got my second job is that A, obviously I always felt more confident when I already had a job, right? Um, but once you've had a job, and this is why I kind of understood why these all these places kept saying, well, we need more experience, we need more experience. Um, because when you're in the interview process, right, think about how it sounds like, oh, well, when I was in my student teaching, I did this lesson, or during my student teaching, I did this rather than, oh, I've had my own classroom and I've experienced it like by myself doing X, Y, Z. And so I can already kind of hear kind of why they both sound different and why, you know, having experience sounds a little better. Um, I also feel like when I did my job, my um, interview for my second job, I actually had more examples to pull from. Like when they were talking about, okay, if you had an autistic student in your classroom that needed these needs, I was able to, hey, you know what? I actually have an autistic student in my classroom that had those needs and this is how I solved it and this is how great he's doing. And so it just was kind of nice to be able to have an example to kind of gra grab off of and then show like, hey, this is how I did it in my classroom that I have now. So, you know, I have experience of how to, how to manage that. Um, another question that I know I've kind of seen pop up a lot is kind of talking about, um, like how you deal with problems. Uh, I, like the past couple interviews, I feel like I just always kind of popped up. Like if I had, you know, kids that didn't get along, like they were fighting and arguing how you would handle that. And I've also had questions off of if you had like a parent that's really aggressive or wants to pester and keeps asking for questions, um, how you would solve that as well. And so what I kind of had found, like for the question about the two students arguing is, 
you know, you kind of always want to make sure you're getting both sides of the story first by themselves. So I'd interview student A, get their story. Okay, thank you. Interview student B, get their story. Okay, thank you. And then kind of see, was there any eyewitnesses? So I always joke with my kids, like, you guys, when you when there's a problem, I feel like I'm a detective. Like, I'm doing detective work to figure out what happened. And so by kind of pulling each student aside and hearing their side of the story and then kind of talking about with them together, like, then, like, the, you can kind of poke holes and see who's kind of telling the truth. And so I've kind of found like that kind of answer was always great. And then kind of dealing with parents, how I, how I talk about how, ugh, sorry guys, how I, um, how I have my classroom uh, communication. So I'm really big on parent communication. Um, I send dojo, I have emails, I send a survey out in the beginning of the year to see how parents would rather get their information. And for the most part, this is the first year I've never had a single parent say they want flyers sent home. And so I don't send home flyers. And so I, you know, post things on dojo. I actually have the remind app, so it'll text parents um, because a lot of parents said they want texting. And so just kind of reading, engaging, you know, how, to communicate with parents. Um, that kind of, I guess, is kind of the big key. I, like I said, I felt way more confident and I'll, I have some stories for you guys. Don't you worry. When I had examples to kind of go off of. And so, yes, it's really hard when you're, you've only done student teaching and subbing. Cause like, you know, that's not your classroom. You haven't managed that. You kind of are going off of basically someone else's management system. You haven't really been in a classroom to kind of, you know, see sink or float on your own um and so i think that's kind of what the scare is when when um districts or schools are hiring a first year teacher okay so my very first so let's i'll talk about the interview that i got the job at um so when i went into my interview and you know guys sometimes like this just varies so when i went into this interview it was the superintendent and the principal of the school that i was uh um interviewing for and so I just kind of went in and for this one, I felt a lot more confident because what I did was I had brought in, brought in, I brought a binder kind of of example lessons that I've done. And so the, that one, and what's funny is I interviewed for this school and I interviewed for another school in Orange County and I did the same thing. So I brought this binder with my lesson plans and examples. So if I wanted to talk about something, I could flip to the page and pull it out and show it rather than just talk about it. And I feel like that made me not only feel more confident, but made me look very prepared and showed that like, hey, look at all these things that I have done. Um, and in fact, I've noticed the interviews that kind of don't feel so like scary interview like and kind of almost feel more conversational I feel I were the ones I feel like I excelled better in um for example the one that I did with Orange County when I walked in I was like super nervous there was like three teachers and the principal and I think the superintendent for Orange County right right so I was interviewing basically with the grade level team that I would have been on and so I've seen that a couple times where they'll have everyone from the grade level team kind of collaborate and discuss kind of who they like they put their point of view of who they think would work well with their team and it was just kind of fun because we were just kind of talking like classroom strategies and they were talking about at the time this assessment tool called Plickers which if you guys have not used that it's really fun and I was like oh my gosh I've totally used that before and I like flipped to the back and I showed them like the cards and like we use it in the classroom and so it was fun because then they were asking me questions like oh my gosh that'd be so cool how do you use that and so we were discussing it kind of didn't really feel so much like an interview and 
unfortunately I had that interview and then a two days later I had the one at Mount Baldy which if you guys have not listened to my podcast on my very first year of teaching please go listen to that because it's like the funniest story ever um so I ended up inter- interviewing at Mount Baldy which for those of you that don't know um Mount Baldy was an hour and a half away from my house so I already kind of went in with like this attitude like ugh. I don't want to have to drive an hour and a half, but then I was kind of put this pressure. My husband was going to start his uh, uh, his physical therapy school as I was going in to work. So we were kind of playing the flip-flop game. He wasn't going to be working anymore. I was working. He was going to school. I wasn't going to school anymore. Um, and so I went in and, you know, I still was polite. I had my binder. They asked questions about how I would um, work with... Um, so like I said before, this is very tiny school. So they said, what was my experience with special ed population? Well, hey, I have a brother with special needs. I, you know, my brother has Down syndrome for those of you that don't know. So I feel like I have a very mild um, manner towards that. I love and respect them. They're like, have a special place in my heart, whatever. Um, then they kind of asked how I dealt with harsh parents because of this is such a small school. And for those of you that probably also are at small schools, you probably get my drift, um, parents of small schools expect a lot more because, you know, they feel like their voice has more pull. They know everybody. It's a small community. And so they kind of were asking me how I would deal with like aggressive parents, basically. And I kind of just told them, you know, I'm going to make sure I stand where I stand. I'm not going to falter. Um, and this is how I communicate my problems and how I, this is how I would go through the steps. I would ask you, you know, to sit in on things. And so they, they liked that question a lot. Um, and I can't really remember the rest. I think a lot of it just had to do, like I said, classroom management. Um, this was a combo class that I was interviewing for. So they were asking how I would deal in a combo class. And so I just kind of, you know, said I'm really good at balancing things in an organization and kind of talked about that. And I, long story short, you guys, I ended up getting the job. And so this is the funny part too, because they had called me and asked, said that okay, we like to offer you the job. And I felt like such, I was in this rock, between this rock and a hard place because I know I had totally killed the interview with the Orange County School that I was telling you guys about. And I hadn't heard back from them yet because they were, the bigger districts often need to jump through more hoops when the hiring process, um, they need to get things passed by their superintendent and then sometimes get it passed by the board. And so they have to kind of do all this stuff. And so it was taking a little bit longer for them. And so I I really had to like gamble and just kind of go with what I knew I was going to have a job in and not wait because I remember feeling so like distraught about it because I really wanted Orange County because obviously it was like right in my neighborhood and this was like in Orange so it was like an Anaheim area so like 15 minute drive and I just remember like being so sad and like not knowing what to do because like obviously Mount Baldy was giving me the job, but Orange County hasn't gotten back to me yet. And that was obviously the one that I wanted. And not, there, not that there was anything wrong with Mount Baldy, it just was an hour and a half away and Orange County was 15 minutes away. And so why wouldn't I have wanted the Orange County one? Um, and I remember calling Orange County's like, you know, kind of just asking and they're like, oh, unfortunately we can't. But they did tell me like, hey, we, you were one of our top candidates, but we're kind of still deliberating. And then the principal was like, honestly, if I were you, I would just take them at Baldy job because we, we still have to like deliberate for a week. And she's like, I don't want you to leave them hanging, but I really do want you to know that you did a fabulous job on our interview and you were one of the top people that we wanted. And so I remember being like so sad and, you know, taking them at Baldy job. And so I kind of already went in with like, a negative mindset because I was driving super far. It was a small school and not that I was like being like a little child, but 
kind of like, ugh, this isn't what I wanted. I expected to be at a school. And so I want to kind of really put this into you guys that your first year might not be exactly what you're hoping for, but just know it's going to definitely prepare you for, you know, your next year. Because you know what? If anything, it's giving you that experience that you need. And so that's kind of what I did. Um, I worked through that year. It was... <laughs> It, I'm just going to say it really tested me as a person, as a teacher. It tested my character. Um, it tested my willpower. It tested pretty much everything. And I really, and like I've said this in probably uh, previous episodes, I don't think I would be the person or the teacher that I am today without that year. Um, looking back, I'm like, wow, it just, it really was a push um, for, for the better. Um, so... Glendora, again, is not super close to where I am. That's where I grew up. I know a lot of the staff and the principal. My mom works in Glendora. My mother-in-law works in Glendora. And um, they they had an opening. And so I remember, <laughs> this sounds so bad, but so Mount Baldy, you guys, has no phone service. And so I had an um, I put my, in my, my, um, wow, pause. So before I, I did all that, one thing that I did do, and I highly suggest if there is a school you have in mind that you really, really want to work at, um, I went in and actually talked to the principal. This was like maybe three-fourths throughout the year, and I sat, I scheduled a, um, a meeting with her, and I just said, hey, I just want you to know that I really want to work at the school that you're working, that, I'm sorry, I really want to work at this school, um, and I know that you're not hiring right now, but I just want you to keep me in mind in the hiring process if you do happen to be looking for someone to fill positions for. And I kind of explained why I feel like I'd be good for that school. Now, I already had some type of relationship with this principal. I don't know if I would highlight, if I would suggest that for every school. I feel like you just have to read your audience. Um, funny story, this principal that I set the uh, interview with or meeting with, she was actually my principal when I was at Cullen. And so for those of you that don't don't know, I did attend Cullen. Um, So it just did kind of feel like home. So I went in and just kind of said, hey, I'm looking for a job. Let me know. Keep me, keep me in your, in your mind when you when you, if, you, if you have a job opening. And she just kind of was like, I appreciate you doing this. Like, I feel like it really did kind of, it set a good mark in her brain. Um, and so kind of pushing forward a couple months, um, two teachers ended up retiring that year for fifth grade. And at this time, I was teaching a 3-4 combo. And again, guys, this is another preference. Like whatever grade level you think you have in your mind, you might need to just kind of like drop it and just kind of go where the job opportunity is. Um, now, this is funny because I thought I wanted to teach third grade. I ended up having my 3-4 combo, fell in love with my fourth graders. And so when they said this job opening for Cullen was at fifth grade, I was a little terrified and nervous because I didn't know if I could handle handle upper grade kids um you know upper grade kids can be a lot and so I kind of kept thinking like you know what this is the school that you want to be at you really loved your fourth graders they're really that much different than fifth grade not really and so I applied for the job obviously so Glendora gets back to me and they say hey um we want to schedule an interview with you um and they the lady gave me some times like the secretary and at this time you guys I still was working at Mount Baldy because we we started later than Glendora, and so that month that they were hiring, we were still in school, and I <laughs> remember emailing her back, like, oh, you guys don't have any other times, because all they had was 11 o'clock, like, on Monday, and 
guys, I have work and I couldn't take any work days off. So I'm thinking like, great, what the heck am I going to do? Um, well, it just so happens at that time, I have, I think it was PE time, my PE prep. And so the kids would leave and go to PE. And so I remember thinking like, oh my God, this is not going to look good if a teacher or principal walks in when I'm in the middle of a phone interview. And so I, I tell the secretary my problem. She goes, okay, um, we can set up a phone interview. That's fine. And so I remember feeling a little disheartened because I had a couple phone interviews over the that past summer. And I just feel like I did not do good on phone interviews. I'm more of a people person. It's hard for me to read how people are reacting on the phone. Phone, um, when they're done talking, when they're, it's ready for me to talk. Um, it's just, I love to, I like to read people. And so it really bothers me that on the phone, you can't read people. And so at first I was just really disheartened, like, oh my gosh, my one chance to like, you know, work for a bigger school district at a really great school. Um, and it's like already ruined. Great. And so we set up the phone interview, um, and I had to fo- I had to call you guys on the school landline phone because, like I said, there is zero cell service. So I had to um, use the the landline phone, and so I'm doing my interview um, with Glendora, and they have the principal of Cullen, which is now my job, and the principal of Sellers, which is another school in the district, um, on the phone. And so I did my phone interview. They kind of, like I said, asked about my classroom management, how I increase rigor, um, what I would do for special population kids, how I differentiate my lessons. And so guys, here's another key term too. Um, when they talk about differentiation, I feel like a lot of times people would just focus on EL or low students. Um, but a, a big tip is to make sure you kind of address all avenues because as we know, you have EL and you have special populations. Yes, you have your grade level kids that still need to have work thrown at them. So that's three levels already. And then you have your high achievers or your gate students and you need to make sure you're challenging too. I feel like a lot of times gate and high achieving students aren't addressed, especially in an interview. So I feel like it would look really great if you guys do talk about that. And so, you know, talked about what I would, how I would differentiate lessons. They gave me a couple scenarios. So um, how I run, how would I run my classroom management, how I would react to an autistic child that are dealing with a certain amount of needs. They gave me the needs. I said what I would do. Um, they gave me some behavior problems, how I would address them. Um, and so I would just kind of make sure you are familiar with all those things. And you guys, for every single question they asked me, I always brought it back to, well, in my classroom right now, I'm currently doing this, this, this. It's working fabulously. So that's exactly what I would do. Uh, or they might also ask you to like to talk about one of your favorite lessons, what you did and maybe what you do differently. And so I would maybe have a lesson in your mind of one that went really well that you like. And so that was another one that the question that they had asked. And so I kind of talked about this great uh, great, uh, engaging math lesson that I did because math is my jam. And so I felt the most comfortable kind of talking about that lesson. And they just kind of loved everything that they had to say. And so, like I said, bigger districts um, usually take some time to get back to you. And so after my interview was done, um, I hung up the phone, whatever and kind of went on my merry way the the next couple of weeks. And at this time, my husband had been planning a camping trip. And so I'm like, okay, we were going to go camping to Catalina. And my husband has a boat. And so we were going to drive our boat to Catalina. He planned this whole thing. He's not a planner. Um, And I kind of had a feeling that I was going to get hired at Glendora because now this is such a horrible situation. And I really despise, like I hate like interactions that like are just I don't know what to do (laughs) and so the um 
super so this was a really small school so the superintendent was basically training the new principal at this school of like how to be a principal i guess um and so he called me into his office and he said hey um so i got an interesting call and i remember like sitting there like literally sweating and he said i got an interesting call um from glendora asking about you um and he like was really upset that i didn't tell him apparently that i was applying elsewhere and i've never heard about this but he like was generally upset like if you're leaving you need to let us know like you didn't give us any 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 front up and in my head i kept i was thinking like well i wasn't going to tell you i was applying for a new job if i was going to be worthless and i didn't even get it and so i would just i like looking back i probably would have done the same thing i don't think i would have went up to him like hey just letting you know i'm looking for a new job like what happens if they don't get hired? That's not going to look good because then they know I'm not going to want to be there. Um, so he was just like really upset and said it was really unprofessional that I didn't tell him that I was applying elsewhere. And it's funny because my my father-in-law is a superintendent. So I remember asking him like, is what? Because I'm very, I'm very like that type of person that like I want to be as professional as possible. So like it really hurt my feelings that he said that. And so I, I went up to my father-in-law. I'm like, he said it was like really unprofessional that I went, went about this way. And he he looked at me. He goes, honestly, you're fine. I Teachers do that kind of stuff all the time. He's like, I don't think it's unprofessional. I think it's just you looking out for yourself. And so that made me feel a little better. But I was just so taken aback that he pulled me in his office. And he was like, you're unprofessional. They were asking about you. Um, and I was just caught off guard that you were looking elsewhere. And so just kind of word, word to the wise, be prepared for that in case that does happen to you. Um, I like literally had no idea what to do. <laughs> I just was like, well, sorry. Yeah, obviously I'm looking for another job. And so I knew that they had called. And so usually went, cause obviously they were a reference. So usually when they're calling your references, that's usually a good sign. And then at my, I had as my other reference, one of my master teachers that I had for student teaching and she had texted me saying that they had called her too. And so I was like, okay, it's looking good. They're checking my references, um, but I still hadn't heard anything. And so again, uh, flashing forward, my husband had planned this trip. We had planned everything. Um, we packed everything. We were ready to go. We were driving on the boat. Um, and I was, he was really excited. And I think I've told this story before, but basically what happens is the boat, doesn't stops working stops going and this was my first time like long distance on this thing and I remember looking over him and be like haha that's really funny get it going and he's like yeah it's not working and so we had to call for like ship uh, boat assist and so we had to like literally sit in the water for like three hours the boat assist finally came they had to tow us all the way back from basically Catalina like you guys we could see the island I could probably like we weren't too, too far, like not far enough to swim to it. It was too, too far for that. But like, you could literally see, see the island and everything. And so they had to tow us all the way back to Long Beach. And so we're just sitting there. He's like super upset because like I said, you guys, he doesn't plan anything. And so he's sitting there like, oh, this was a waste. Like we, we, I can't even get my deposit back on the, the camping site. And so he's just sitting there like super disheartened. And I'm like that annoying peppy person. It's like, you know what, babe, everything happens for a reason. Like what if it was going to be bad weather or what if something better happens this weekend and he's sitting there all mopey like nothing better is gonna come out of this and so he's like sitting there all like hmm, all irritated well so guys I'm in the middle of the ocean and I get a phone call from Glendora and so I immediately I'm like <gasps> my heart starts racing I pick it up and I'm like hey and of course it's my now principal Dr. Bonner and she's like hey how are you doing do you have time to talk and of course you guys have time to talk I'm in the middle of the ocean getting towed back to Long Beach at maybe like 
two knots an hour. And of course I've got time to talk. And I wasn't going to tell her what the situation was. Otherwise I'd have looked like a crazy person. Um, and so she basically was telling me, hey, okay, just letting you know, we, I really want to hire you. And so she was kind of telling me and like, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this before, but I actually work with my mother-in-law. So she kind of was asking like, how would you feel about working with your mother-in-law? Like, would you be able to say no? Would you be able to, you know, do this? Like, you know, not feel like you have to do whatever she says. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, if anything, I'm like the best person to kind of stand up to her if anything happens. And she's like, okay, well, um, well, we'll kind of get the paperwork and stuff going. And so I like literally was so excited. I hung up the phone. I look at my husband. I say, guess what? He says, what? I just got a job with Glendora. And so we were super excited. And then he obviously was super happy then. And he, um, he just looked at me. He's like, okay, that was the reason why this all happened. And it's just really funny because if we had gone to Catalina, you guys, if I don't know if many of you guys have ever been there before, but the, t- the side of the island that we were going to, there's no cell service. So I wouldn't have gotten that phone call. And I'm not saying I wouldn't have had the job. It just would have probably been pro- prolayed longer. Um, but it was just super cool to kind of have that story to tell. And I told my principal a couple a couple uh, months later in like December, it was like a Christmas party. And she was like, what? You'd never told me that was going on. I'm like, well, yeah, because you hired me. So I didn't want to be a crazy person. <laughs> um, so that's kind of like, I guess you could say my story, my story of kind of all my interview processes. Um, now, so those are kind of the stories of how I got my job. Now I want to kind of go back to a little bit of kind of the different interview processes that I've seen. So like I've said, sometimes you might have a grade level in there. And so you're kind of interviewing with the whole grade level. Sometimes it's just the principal. I've had where it's the principal and the superintendent and probably the grade level rep from that grade level. And so you're kind of just really, you never know when you're walking in of who's going to be in there. I've also for a super huge district, Saddleback, which is ginormous, um, it literally, the first round of interviewing was like speed dating almost. So like you sat in a cafeteria with like, I'm not even joking, maybe like 30 other teachers. And like, that was just for my time slot. So they're, they probably interviewed like hundreds of teachers that day. So I went in to the speed round and like would literally ask you, I think like five questions. Like, how would you increase rigor in your classroom? How do you make connections with your students? What's your classroom management like? And then like, how would you support EL students? I think those are like literally the couple questions they asked. Um, and then and if there's any questions I had for them, um, I forget what question I asked, but hey, you guys, you know what? I know a lot of people stress on like, you have to ask a question in order to be successful in an interview. Um, I, if they, I feel like if they pop up naturally, I'd maybe think of like one or two if you did your research on the school district. But a lot of times, like maybe make the joke like, oh, you know what? I'm just like so nervous. I have no, I don't have any questions right now, but I guarantee you by the time I walk back to my car, I'll probably have like five. And I don't know why, but that statement always like gets a couple of laughs. And so it just shows that like, you know, you're honest and you're a compassionate person. And so I always, if I don't have any questions or I forgot them, I legitimately say that statement and I I mean, I've gotten hired now twice, so obviously it was some, it was great in some sense. Um, and so I'd made it to the second round. Um, and when, with that one, it literally was just a, like, with like a teacher and like someone else, an admin that worked for the school. Then I made it to the second round and that one was kind of like a little bit more in depth. I think they were just kind of trying to clean out and see what kind of teachers they wanted. And so there are certain ones where you do multiple rounds. And so for the most part, I always made it to the second round and then once they, 
were doing for that last round, it was always, like, really difficult. Um, I've done a couple phone interviews, and like I've said, phone interviews are not my favorite. However, I did get hired on a phone interview, so anything's possible. I don't want you to feel disheartened if you have a phone interview scheduled, and you're just like, like I said, I would just have confidence when you're on the phone. Um, I would have as many examples as you could in front of you, and if possible, I mean, it was nice because my principal, the two principals actually, Ralph, apologies. He has this thing for this cat in our neighborhood and he just goes crazy every time he sees her in front of our yard. Anyways, I would, I think this phone interview went well because I did have those relationships with those principals already that were interviewing me. And so, like I said, I think I I performed well because I knew them. I don't do very good on phone interviews. So I guess just know your strengths and know your weaknesses. Um, and, you know, just kind of be, if at the end of the day, be yourself. Um, a lot of times I would, I would like get myself all worked up, like trying to do my research on the school. Um, I would try to, you know, remember, okay, what keywords do they want me to use? I need to use the word rigor. I need to use the word this, this, this. Instead of worrying about that, um, being, showing who you are, um, and being yourself is probably the key. I mean, they're looking for they're looking for something, right? And so I think if you showcase that, that's when I I notice I did the best. Not worrying about okay, I need to make sure I touch on this. I need to talk about this. What other questions are going to be stressing myself out? Um, when I came in relaxed and ready to go. That's kind of when I did the best. Um, I never sat there and practiced questions. That was never my thing. Um, the beginning of my interview process though, like I said, my father-in-law did set up a practice one with, um, some, a principal and a superintendent and they were able to give me feedback. And so that was really helpful. And so if you have any type of tie-ins when you can do, where you could do that, I highly suggest that because they told me I really liked when you talked about this. I really liked when you talked about that. You might need to work on talking about your classroom management. So I was like, okay. And so I'd go home and I'd talk, think about, okay, what's my classroom management plan? And so that was probably one of the most helpful things because a lot of the times interview during the interview process they really don't tell you what you did wrong um a lot of times I would reach out like um a couple of them were scheduled through email so I'd kind of after that they'd email me like hey just letting you know we wouldn't end up going with somebody else I would kind of email back like hey um is there any way I could get feedback of what I can do better next time and so that's always a great thing to say back like when they do uh, call you or do send you an email kind of just like hey like what can I improve on so that way you're always improving on something um so that's kind of my biggest takeaway and honestly, it sounds really hard. And to be quite honest, you guys, I am a super emotional person. Try not to get your feelings hurt um, when the school of your dreams or like a school that you had your heart set on or, you know, you keep getting no's and no's and no's and no's. Just know that, you know, that's not where you're supposed to be. Everything's supposed to work out for a reason. And that's just not where you're supposed to be at this time. Maybe later down the road, you might end up there. But just as of right now, that's not your plan. And so that's kind of one thing I kind of kept telling myself, like, okay, Haley, not your plan. We're going to go with another one. What did we learn from that experience? Okay, I learned to bring in a binder, right? I didn't show up with binder day one, you guys. Like, I learned that kind of along the way. And I'm not saying a giant binder. I'm just saying, like, you know, a sample math lesson, ELA, writing, um, something cool that you brought to your student teaching. And so that's kind of things, like I said, I learned along the way. It wasn't something that I ran out to and did. Um, and like I said, 
just be yourself and relax and don't think so hard about it because I think that's kind of when I kind of worked myself up and so I'm kind of hoping because <laughs> like I said interviewing process is not my favorite I disdain it this like so much and so in my head I'm like already thinking like oh at some point I'm going to have to probably do one more interview process because well I love 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 the school I'm at now it is 40 40 minutes away from where I live I don't see my husband and I moving anytime soon um and not that I want kids right now but kids in the future yes and so baby plus 40 minute drive doesn't whack well doesn't work out and so I, n- I already know that's in my future um just kind of waiting for my husband to to finish his dpt school <sighs> but um so next week i had this idea so i've been having this idea for a while and then when i reached out on instagram and asked you guys what you guys want to hear it just kind of solidified it I am going to be kind of doing a Q&A episode next week, and so if there are any dying questions you want answered or a story you want to hear about or something you want to hear about me or teaching or Teachers Pay Teachers, you guys, it could literally be anything, um, email it to me at hellomrsharwick at gmail.com. You can also DM me like, hey, this is the question I had for the podcast. Um, I'll probably throw out a sticker on my Instagram story to ask questions too. The one thing I don't like about those is that you're shortened to your characters of what your question should be. So that's why I really am pushing for either email. Um, You can contact me on my website, hellomrsharwick.com and go to the contact sheet and just fill out this is the question for the podcast Q&A. And I think it'll be fun just to kind of see your guys' questions, answer them, um, and kind of, you know, just make it more of a, not that my podcasts are super professional, but make it more relaxed and just fun. Um, I'm super happy to be back, you guys, and just to kind of expect these to kind of keep going. I don't, don't think I'll take another break until maybe the end of second trimester. We'll see. Don't quote me on that. But if you are listening to this on a Tuesday. I hope you have a fantastic Tuesday, but if you're listening to this any other day, I hope you're having a fantastic day in general. Um, For those my teacher friends that are working this Thanksgiving week, hang in there. You got this. Your break's coming, and along with some delicious food and family fun. Um, Just keep kind of doing what you're doing, you guys. I love, I'm loving, loving, loving the direct messages. I love seeing you guys listening in your stories makes me super happy. I'm going to pick up that comment of the week again. So if you um, leave a review with your Instagram handle, I will shout it out in my Instagram story and you'll get to pick anything from my Teachers Pay Teachers store for free. So that's fun, right? And who needs more free stuff during this lovely Thanksgiving Christmas time? You do. Um, Please make sure you're reviewing and commenting um, or commenting. Wow, is this like no, make sure you're reviewing and, you know, leaving a five-star review kind of keeps, keeps me going, um, keeps me motivated to keep making stuff for you. I appreciate the, uh, the DMs and the emails. They make my day, um, truly. So just for all those supporters out there, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I never knew this is kind of where I'd be with a podcast and an Instagram and, all these crazy things. So if you're sitting there thinking like, oh, I can never, I can never do this. Trust me, you guys. I started from the bottom and now I'm, wow, that's could not have been cheesier. Now I'm here with all of all you guys. So just have a wonderful one.
So I guess this is it till next time. Yes, don't forget to check out the show notes for any of the links that I discussed in today's episode. If you enjoyed today so far, please share it with a friend um, because the more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in and I can't wait to see you guys next time.